the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. January 11th, 2021. For too many years now, too many people have bought into the notion that speech is violence. And they have been using that concept to censor and shut down speech. Political speech, the most protected form of speech there is or should be least according to every Supreme Court case on the First Amendment until yesterday. As Supreme Court Justice Robert Jackson put it, if there is any fixed star in our constitutional constellation, it is that no official, high or petty, can prescribe what shall be orthodox in politics, nationalism, religion, or any other matters of opinion, or force citizens to confess by word or act their faith therein. If there are any circumstances which permit an exception, they do not now occur to us, close quote. This is another thing we may look at that we shrugged off, shrugged off for too many years, a neologistic view of constitutionalism or America we just kind of shrugged away. Well, that just happens with college students who are on college campuses. The kids will be fine. We'll be fine. This insouciance over time across many shrugs over many novel views has amounted to a surrender and a very low and degraded state, not just of our Constitution, but constitutionalism. Not just affecting Americans, but America. We spoke of some of this on Friday, the criminalization of speech and the far-reaching efforts to collapse categories and redefine, literally redefine, what speech is. You've heard me long critique the idea that we now call freedom of speech freedom of expression, a phrase nowhere found in the First Amendment because By that turn of phrase, that change of phrase, we have been able to get used to the notion that certain forms of violence do constitute protected speech, flag burning, let us say. That is a case of violence equating to speech. But until now, we have abjured the notion that speech can be the same as or equivalent to violence. In fact, the main test of when speech can be considered incitement comes from a 1969 Supreme Court case protecting a Klan rally, advocating a March on Congress, among other things. And the courts didn't find incitement there. What it said was, quote, the mere abstract teaching of the moral propriety or even moral necessity for a resort to force and violence is not the same as preparing a group for violent action and stealing it to such an action, close quote. Speech has to be direct advocacy to direct imminent lawless action. That is and has been the court's definition of incitement since 1969. Not even shouting epithets at mourners' funerals, blaming the soldiers' deaths on the corruption of the country has been considered a breach of First Amendment rights by the court. Argue as you will with these understandings. They are very far cries from a U.S. president vociferously objecting to election results in front of a rally saying such things as Republicans need to fight much harder, or we're going to cheer on brave senators and congressmen and women, and we're probably not going to be cheering so much for some of them, because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong, close quote. Hell, Chuck Schumer saying directly, naming two justices, Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, 
specifically, you have released the whirlwind and will pay the price. That is not incitement. Are we truly at a point where then telling people to fight for their political points of view they are committing a crime? Take care. Our jails will be very full with people whose names are Biden, Harris, and about 535 other elected members of the House and Senate we could name. But today, Article 1 of the impeachment bill Nancy Pelosi and the House of Representatives have drawn up calls it a high crime and misdemeanor for Donald Trump to have spoken, as he did last week, to a protest in Washington, D.C., where the bill also claims the president made false statements. False statements. Again, take care. If saying something a political opponent thinks is false, our jails are going to be mighty full and everyone will be impeached at one point or another. This is also the problem of converting the truth to my truth. Anyone can now just have their own facts, their preferred set of facts. And the more people on your side, that is the test of truth, evidently. Not any objective standard, just 51 people out of 100 constitutes truth. That's called might making right, not right making might. Of course, then why have anything considered minority rights? Let us make no mistake about it. We are now entering the realm of criminalizing not just speech, but politics. It is becoming a crime to be a Republican. The problem is this is simply not democracy. Abraham Lincoln gave it to us this way, quote, according to our ancient faith, the just powers of government are derived from the consent of the governed. Allow all the governed an equal voice in the government, and that and that only is self-government. Close quote. Harry Jaffa put it this way. By the principles of the Declaration of Independence, majority rule in a free society is not an end in itself, nor is it a source of the purposes served by free government. Majority rule exists to secure the rights with which all human persons are endowed by their creator. The recognition of the origin of these rights in God and nature comes before any action of any majority. Only as we all recognize that the just powers of government exist to secure the equal rights possessed by every human being, whether in the majority or minority, can tyranny be prevented. So, a minority loses holds a rally. The president addresses them. A part of that crowd, a part, goes on a violent rampage. Those not in the rampage, along with the president, are then condemned. During the riots over the last summer, where as many as 30 people were killed and over 14,000 arrests were made, Kamala Harris said to Stephen Colbert that the BLM protests, quote, are not going to stop. They're not going to stop. They're not. This is a movement. I'm telling you, they're not going to stop, and everyone beware because they're not going to stop. They're not going to stop before Election Day in November, and they're not going to stop after Election Day. And everyone should take care to note, on that, uh, to, to note that on both levels, that they're not going to let up, and they should not, and we should not, close quote. They should not let up. Let's be clear. Nobody among us supports anarchy, riots, or violence. We criticized from the mountaintops when CNBC and MSNBC and Nancy Pelosi and other Democratic Party leaders refused to condemn the violence of that of last year, sometimes calling it a myth or just an idea, even giving it oxygen with such lines as Harris's or Pelosi being asked about it and saying people will do what people will do. Now, for those to turn around and ban all of us on social media and impeach the president is not just rich, is not just hypocritical, 
that's literally undemocratic. You've long heard me speak about how the left is trying to shut us up by comparing us to and analogizing us to terrorists. Our views are extreme, just as Al-Qaeda is extreme. We are fascists. We support someone worse than Hitler. All of this effort to marginalize us has now taken root. First you plan the images, then you, after enough propaganda, after enough stage setting, you execute. This is how every demagogic dictator took and takes power. Whether it's the bourgeoisie who are to be blamed for being born into a certain class or dysgenic people for being born to the wrong race or religion. You create enough propaganda about them, you can then write them out of what you consider to be respectably human. Entitled with the natural rights that inhere to every human, including those whose views you may disagree with. Supreme Court Justice Benjamin Cardozo wrote, quote, of the freedom of speech, one may say that it is the matrix, the indispensable condition of nearly every other form of freedom, close quote, individual freedom. It doesn't mean a thing if you can't think and say the things you want to having to do with our governance. That is why we have a Bill of Rights after all, isn't it? To protect individual liberty. But as Dr. Jaffa reminds, if safeguards of, if, if safeguards of individual liberty do not have any intrinsic worth, then neither does individual liberty have any intrinsic worth. And if individual liberty has no intrinsic work, worth, neither does individual life. And to take those rights away is not only a denial of any moral foundation of constitutionalism, it is a denial of any moral foundation of a political community. Why, after all, have a political community if you can't speak to the things you want the community to adopt, accept, or repeal and change? Free government is impossible, we know, if political minorities who lose an election set out to break up the government, refuse the notion of consent, refuse the results of an election. But it is equally, if not more, impossible if the political majority then sets out to punish minorities for their viewpoints. Thomas Jefferson taught this in his first inaugural in 1800, the first time in history, not just our history, history, that an entirely different viewpoint, Adams v. Jefferson, Federalists versus Democratic Republicans, changed power peaceably. peaceably. There he said, quote, all too will bear in mind this sacred principle, that though the will of the majority is in all cases to prevail, that will to be rightful must be reasonable, that the minority possess their equal rights, which equal law must respect, and to violate would be oppression, close quote. Is Jefferson still allowed to be quoted? Is Lincoln? Is our Constitution? There's been a war over just these people and things. We saw it this summer. We saw it taking place in the 1619 Project. We saw it and see it in our colleges now, also our elementary and secondary schools, even to the extent of taking Lincoln's name off of them. So what, as a society, are we left knowing? Very little, it seems. You want to know why we have been campaigning for studying history and civics? They are our worst subjects, and we now see all that ignorance and rewriting of history playing out. We knew it was a problem in our schools. We just didn't think it was a problem with 80-year-old speakers of the House of Representatives and major corporations. But it is, either by willful ignorance or stratagem and knavery. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Hope you all had a good weekend. If it's uh, a slow start for you on Mondays or after a long night, um, balance of nature is great for that, too. Tens of thousands of vital nutrients right into your system right away. Energy, health, boosts your immunity. Even if you're feeling a little sluggish and you take it and you take a little extra, that'll get you through it. It's just a wonderful product with great, potent, healthy stuff. I take it every day. And if I know I'm going to have a long day or a long night, I take a little extra, too, because you can't overdose on fruits and vegetables. And that's what it is, 100% whole food, plants, fruits, and vegetables in vegetarian capsules. Just take them uh, as capsules, or if you don't like taking capsules, you can open them up easily and sprinkle them in a drink or on some food. It's the most effective whole food supplement on the market. They're running a great deal with free shipping and 35% off any new preferred order of their fruits and veggies. I can't wait till I get my new order every single month. Call them at 800-2468-751 or go to balanceofnature.com. Use discount code BALANCE. You'll love it as much as I do. I know you will. Everyone I've given it to loves it. 602-508-0960 is the number. The more people I talk to, the more this unifying theme is um, coming uh, from them that they are increasingly feeling like it's almost a crime now to be a Republican. Issues and insights rights in the fallout of the tragic storming of the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., where police were unjustly attacked, doors broken down, windows smashed, offices robbed, resulting in the death of five individuals, we've entered a brave new world. If you are alarmed, you should be, and it's nothing you did. The overwhelming majority of you have never engaged in political violence once in your entire lives. President Trump, at his speech on January 6th on the National Mall, called for protesters to be peaceful. Quote, we have come to demand that Congress do the right thing, and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard, close quote. That is not an invocation to incitement. After the violence began, Trump on Twitter urged his followers to stop immediately, quote, I am asking everyone at the U.S. Capitol to remain peaceful, no violence. Remember, we are the party of law and order. Respect the law and our great men and women in blue. Thank you. Close quote. That is not an incitement to violence. That is an imploration to stop violence. It's going to be interesting to see how much longer the tyranny of social media and big tech is going to affect us. Um, they have um, they have relied, Twitter, Facebook. They have relied on certain um, government uh, dispensations, government protections, government uh, endowments, if you will, and yet now claim that the government can't or any entity should not be able to stop them at all. Well, Parler, which they went and took down, um, in what has to be at least prima facie evidence of collusive activity by Google and Apple is now suing, Parler is now suing Google and Apple for Sherman antitrust violations. Good, good. It shouldn't seem to be a hard thing to do. But in that very act, invoking the Sherman Antitrust Act, 
uh, law, <clears throat> I hope you understand that the argument private entities, private corporations are not subject to government regulation is simply not true. Of course they are, including the Antitrust Act. Now, it's also true that up until now, the First Amendment has not applied particularly to private corporations. A company town, yes, but generally private corporations, no. I have long argued that this needs to be looked at again. First of all, I believe if you take federal money as a college, and almost every college I can think of with a few exceptions, Hillsdale, Grove City, almost every college, private college, takes government money, I have long argued that you should be subject to first, the First Amendment. In fact, the president signed an executive order on that uh, two years ago. It hasn't been enforced. Second, there is going to be a growing debate now, and it was started by uh, Will Chamberlain, editor of Human Events, and a few others, uh, that have shown that when the primal mode of communication is these entities – they cannot engage or should not be able to engage in a viewpoint discrimination. Think about your phone carrier. Does your phone carrier as a common carrier <clears throat> under the law have the right to not give you phone service or to prevent you from calling certain people? Of course it does not. Of course it does not. Does a private corporation have the right not to serve people based or employ people based on religion? Gender, color of skin, of course not. We settled that in 1964. So when the primal mode, primary mode of communication of news and information is now the province of three or four major corporations, should they be able to? to censor it, engage in viewpoint discrimination. Should the House of Representatives be able to impeach a president for exercising his speech? You know, members of Congress in both houses, House and Senate, they have what the protections of the speech and debate clause. They can say darn near anything they want with impunity. Ilan Omar can say, as she did last year, that Donald Trump is a dictator terrorizing our communities. What if someone heard that and tried to do violence to Donald Trump because that's the natural thing to do to a dictator who tyrannizes? Would she be responsible for that? Not under the current law, and that wouldn't be considered incitement. Why is this? We are entering a brave new world. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. It's time for our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. John, happy Monday. Hope you're doing well. Doing fantastic, Seth. How are you? I'm doing fine, although I have to tell you Uh that, well, I'm just, (laughs) I think it's a general mood is not as uplifted as, as a lot of us hoped the turning of 2021 would bring right so we're just i guess going to be a little bit more patient or something i see the market uh, felt the same way today yeah the market felt the same way today and this thing we've talked about it once or 
twice, cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. That was big in the news today, that Bitcoin, which was doing gangbusters, uh, well, over the course of last year, but really last week, took a bit of a spill, maybe more than a bit. Talk to me about all this. Over the weekend, it did, yes. Dropped about 12%. uh, And I know the article you're looking at, or you read, I'm sure, same one that I looked at. Mm -hmm. uh, And it talks about, it's interesting, because this is... Still, there are so many people out there, and I mean so many professionals out there in the financial industry even that really don't fully understand what Bitcoin even is or how it works or how to acquire or how to sell. or I mean all the things that you would want to understand about an investment before you put money into it, right? Mm-hmm. So this is an interesting concept. You would open up some form of an account with a card and you get an ID number and then you put in cash into that and now you've got some form of ownership of Bitcoin, right. but you don't really get anything for that, right? And in, in, you know, if you go to the store and you buy something, you touch it, you feel it, you right. can smell it, whatever it's going to be, and you can hold it, it's yours. This is really interesting, even with gold, because they're comparing it to gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you go buy gold, buy a couple of coins, you have the gold, the physical gold, you can touch it, mm-hmm. you can feel it, you know you've got it, it's yours, and you can then turn around and sell it. And it's not going to be necessarily as volatile as we've seen Bitcoin be. Now, there are two sides to every story, Seth. And in this one article, J.P. Morgan Chase, I believe it is, says, "Hey, it's you know hit forty-two thousand of a high, but my God, it could go to a hundred thousand." But then I pulled up another article, and this is Bank of America mm-hmm. predicts this big, one of the biggest bubbles ever. Mm. They're saying the Bitcoin bubble, and feeling that this is uh, something that is so overpriced, and they feel that is going to get hit really hard. And when something falls like this, oftentimes it falls a lot. And so, unfortunately, people will get you know, stuck holding the bag, as it would be here. So if you want to invest in these types of cryptocurrencies, I caution you just to be very careful about it and just invest money in these types of investments that you can afford to lose. That's all. It's speculative. It may do very well for you, or you may lose a lot of money. Yeah, and what's interesting, that's well said because I know I've talked to a few people casually about it here and there who kind of play the markets a little bit. And one of them I know said they lost a lot of money with it. Mm-hmm. And one of them I know said they lo- they made a lot of money with right. it. So it's a matter right? of timing, obviously. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, the timing. And Seth, it's hard to sell. You know, when something is, is going up so quickly, mm-hmm. you get caught up in the moment. And it is difficult for you to, you know, take the emotion out of it. And to understand a strategy that when something goes up in value so much, it's probably a good idea to sell at least a part of your position, get your money back, and let the rest of something like that ride. That could be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then if you lose after that, it's all profit. You know, it, it's okay. But uh, unfortunately, it is very difficult not to be emotional when you see these types of runs, just as we've seen in the stock market sure. today. I had someone come into my office. It was an existing client. We did a review of his accounts, did did extremely well. I won't even say the the percentage of return they had on their money this year, which was phenomenal. Um, but then they said, "Well, gee, if we put this money in here, maybe we could we could make you know even more of a higher percentage if we take more risk." And I'm, <laughs> this is yeah, this is sure. not normal. Right, what right, happened, right. you know, this past year? Right. Uh, and we we can't expect something like that to continue. And that's what I said to them. I said, "Look, you have to be prepared." To understand that this is a long-term investment, the stock market. Do not just think everything goes up because that's your experience this past year. I wonder if companies, you're familiar with this whole fight between Parler and 
Twitter and Amazon and all that. Mm-hmm. I wonder if companies like Parler, which have effectively been shut down but are now going to court um, claiming Sherman antitrust violations, um, and it's privately owned Parler. I wonder if companies like that stand in a good place to raise a lot of money because they're obviously seen as a threat. I guess time will tell on that too. Huh? Uh, I mean, like any other uh, any other business, Seth. If if investors feel that there's opportunity yeah, to make sure, money, then sure. they should be able to raise yeah, money, right? Yeah. If they have the the uh, platform uh, that can be used to to generate revenue. That's what this is all about. Some, some you know, tells me if Twitter, if, if if you scare Twitter so much so that they collude to shut you down, you might you might have something there. Well, it, shut, just yeah, a thought. They I, shut I the know. president down, yeah. and obviously yeah. a lot of users yeah. are going to run from yeah. them because of that. You so. bet. All right, brother. Yep, Securities and Advisory Services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipkin, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Check us out on the web, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Thank you, Seth. Nice done, John. Thank you. Nicely done, John. Okay. Talk to you soon. <laughs> all right. All right. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. One of my favorite young uh, conservatives, young Republican activists is Faith Graham, and she is active on a story having to do with uh, the Arizona Interscholastic um, Association last week voting to cancel uh, winter sports. And because of her and some friends' efforts, uh, they are going to have another meeting on this tomorrow and think a second time on this. Faith, are you there? Are you with us, Faith? Having me. You bet. Thanks for thanks for being involved in this, and thanks for checking in on this. Uh, tell the audience just a little bit about yourself first, and then uh, tell us a little bit about what's going on with the AIA. Yeah, so I've been very involved in politics and just political activism and activism itself, and just really engaging kids and just having kids my age really care about issues that are important. And this one specifically has hit home for lots of kids, especially with COVID. So those who don't know, the uh, AIA is the Arizona Interscholastic Association, and they decided last week to vote to cancel winter sports. And they're high school winter sports, and they're ahead of all of high school sports. And it's very unfortunate because they decided to vote to cancel it. And right now with COVID, we it feels like everything was just taken away from us because mm-hmm. we don't Again. have... Our again, friends, right. Yeah. Right. Again, we don't have our friends at school. We don't have, because we're on the screen, most of us are. We don't have all of our activities. We don't have our clubs. Everything is just canceled. And this was like our our one thing we could escape to. Sports just helped us have that release. So one thing that we could just rely on to have is just sports and just to have our head in the game, just not think of all the outside things going on. It was kind of an escape from COVID, actually. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they go and it feels like they just took this away too. And it doesn't only affect winter sports. Other seasons are getting pushed back as well uh, with fields not being able to be used. And what's really unfortunate, I feel so bad for these winter sports especially, is because they've been practicing. They Some schools, they want to take state championships, and they're like, oh, maybe we can do it this year. Yep. They've been practicing right before their first game. They cancel winter sports when they've been practicing for so long. And now it's gone. And I feel so bad for them and uh, my teammates as well because things are getting pushed back as well. I, it's just it's so unfortunate because kids are working hard and we are really counting on this. And it's one of our loves. And again, 
that was like our last thing to hold on to, and now it feels like it's been ripped away from us. You are, uh, it, you are, you're in what grade faith yourself? What grade are you in? I'm a senior, yeah. and especially for seniors, it's yeah. hitting home too because this was our last season. That's right. To go play it was our last season to get out there and win that state championship, and now it's gone. Now, the vote, the vote that the Interscholastic Association took last week was close. It was five to four, and some Mm -hmm. of you got involved, and they're now going to revisit it. Tell us, tell us what you guys have done. Yeah, so last week, uh, the day of the vote, uh, a large group of kids and I, we gathered, we rallied together um, to tell them how we feel, to use our voice and just say, we don't appreciate this because they made this decision without any parents, without any athletes, without any students. It felt like a secret meeting that no. they were just having. And suddenly we were just blindsided with, whoa, sports are canceled. Like, what do I do? And so we wanted to go and tell them how we feel. We're like, did you have a senior year? This is like you're saying <laughs> you're here for the kids, but you're just not here for the kids if you really have our best interest at heart. And I, I get it's the liability issue, but it's, it's bigger than that though. It's, uh, we sports there's no proof that sports are the cause for rising numbers in COVID. that's extreme and we are the lowest risk of age groups mm-hmm. it's just it's really unfortunate because all we have are screens all we have uh like i said earlier with online school and it's really having a toll on our mental health so we really wanted to tell them that you bet. and with that too actually Tomorrow, the AIA decided to discuss the possibility of a revote. Okay. And this has really fired us up, and we really wanted to take a stand and really show them that we truly don't want them to cancel our sports. And so I'm actually going to ask people who are listening and plead with you guys uh, tomorrow, tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. I'm pulling up all the information. Tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., the IA is planning on having that discussion about a possible revote, and we don't want them to be able to take our sports. We really want to be there for us kids and be there for families and uh, help our teammates, and we're going to be there and rally together again uh, so they can see us, they can hear us, and hear our voice, and we are going to protest during school to show how much it does matter to us, the fact that we're skipping school to be there. Um, and we hope parents would call their kids out to be there uh, because we've just worked so hard, and then it finally just got canceled, which is really not fair to us at all. How do we pe- are going to be wearing masks. Good. Go. Yeah, keep going. Sorry, you're you're doing fine. Keep going. Everyone. I was going to say we are going to be mm-hmm. wearing masks to show that we are responsible about it, and we do want to play, and we'll take the proper precautions, and we're going to be making signs, and it's just really to save our sport. And I'll tell you uh, right after you ask that. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, you didn't. And I'll give all the information on location. Yeah, go ahead and do it now if you would like. Go right ahead. Okay, perfect. So it's tomorrow, so Tuesday, tomorrow, January 12th. And we're meeting between 9 and 9.30 a.m. And we're bringing signs. We're going to be wearing masks. And it's at the AIA building in Phoenix. And the address is 7007 North 18th Street. Phoenix, Arizona, 85020. And we're really pleading to get supporters there, people to support us kids, people to really put pressure on the AIA members, those five members specifically, that voted against us to take away things that we love. And we're really just hoping that we can get that support out there. 
and things that keep you healthy, physical exercise. Mm-hmm. I mean, I exactly. The, you know, physical exercise, social activity, competition, the things one associates not just with mm-hmm. school but with childhood and with life. There has been a rise, a dramatic rise in everything we've been trying to prevent as a result of these responses, depression, yeah, substance been, abuse, even suicide. Mm-hmm. There are sure fire ways to help prevent some of that stuff, and athletics is one of them, isn't it, Faith? Exactly, exactly. And that's why this is so unfortunate, not fair to us, and it's, it's hurting us more than helping us. Uh-huh. Well, I'm glad you're 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 doing this. Do you have uh, do you have any kind of a social media account people can follow you on or anything like that? Or I I do. Um, my Instagram is at faith two H's and then dot gram g r a h a m with two N's. It's kind of simple, but the letters are doubled at the end. Got it. Um, but go ahead and give me a follow, and I'm happy to talk about this and send the information to you guys so you have it. Great. Um, because we're really trying to get that support and really pleading with you guys to be there and make that the AIA really change their vote because we do need our sports and we do need, especially as seniors, we need this last year to be able to enjoy high school because we haven't even got a senior year at all. No, you haven't. Let's hope we can get you a part of one. Faith, thanks for doing this and thanks for calling in at Faith H. Graham with an extra M, right? Mm-hmm, exactly. Thank you, Faith. Thank you, guys, You so betcha. Much. Absolutely. Our Thank pleasure. You. Thanks a lot, Faith. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Rob, and surprise. Hi, Rob. Happy Monday, buddy. Well, happy Monday to you, Seth. You know, I was listening to Faith, and I think we need to figure out a way to clone her. You bet. You bet. <laughs> I know. She's great. Senior in high school. Give me more like that, you know? Oh, no kidding. I was also thinking while she was talking, you know, everybody talks about the sports programs, but, and I think you can appreciate this. What about the effect of the music? Yeah, music, sports, all of the social activities that make for life, you know? It's, the kids have just had everything ripped from them, and I know it's important to talk about the academic deficits we're going to have, and they'll be substantial, but the social deficits too. You bet. You bet. Oh, yeah. And, and I guess, you know, that kind of hits close to home. I can't imagine uh, having, well, with sports, too, but I, I think music probably influenced me as much, if not more, than sports. Yeah, sure, my of course. Formative junior high and high school yeah, years. Yeah, you bet. And I just, I just can't, I can't even fathom the effect it must have on, on those students of music. No, nah, just cooped up at home, days. absolutely. Just cooped yeah. up at home all day, more screen yeah. time. Yeah, 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 exactly yeah, and, what you and, don't and, want. You know, practice and private lessons right. and, and with the band director right. or orchestra director, you right. know, in schools. Um, actually, on Saturday, I, uh, after losing 3,000 followers on Twitter overnight uh, and about 1,000 plus in the last four years, I just, or four months, I just decided to deactivate my Twitter. It was pointless to go on. Um, I'd been on Parlor for a couple days. And by the way, Parlor, I think the original uh, pronunciation was supposed to be Parlay. Oh, interesting. Okay. Okay. Yeah, but uh, but everybody calls it parlor because that's the way it's spelled. Mm-hmm. But um, it's down today, and yep. I can't get on it, and nobody else can either. Um, my thoughts are uh, the only way we can really fight this, and I understand Twitter's stock went down 10 or 15 percent. Yeah, uh, well, lost some, some 5 billion bucks, yeah. I think. Yeah, and, and to me, you know, one of the solutions has to do with just, you know, we talk about uh, protesting things. I guess we should just hit them in the pocketbook. 
if they want to go ahead and do this stupid stuff, then we just have to fight back by canceling accounts and going elsewhere. I think, uh, yeah, and, and, I, 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 and I don't know how Parler is... Um I don't know a lot of how it's governed and, and run. I know it's a private entity, a private corporation. We saw the CEO on a few interviews. But my yeah. guess is, my guess is that um, if they are seen as such a threat to Twitter uh, and Facebook, for that matter, um, that they may have an easy time raising more capital. They may have an easier time, especially if this antitrust suit is successful. And I don't know why it wouldn't be. But, Rob, stick around. Well, yeah. uh, I got I to, gotta, you know, this is my short segment. And if you have more thoughts, give me a call in our, oh, yeah. in our third hour if I you do. would like. Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Um, All right. I, I signed up on Parler early, and I didn't stick with it because it was a little clunky for me anyway, or maybe it just I didn't spend enough time on it. But, boy, when it's back, I'll be there. I'll be there again, too. We'll be right back.